Welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. I am Dukes, your host for now. Well, Jordy is uh, taking a step back, obviously, because he had sex again one time. It is Friday, February 23rd. I am joined by Internest. Internest, how are you feeling after a long week for you at uh, the PLL Champ Series Bar Down? Dukes, I'm actually feeling phenomenal today. Uh, got some beauty sleep over the weekend. That that Monday was clutch to be able to sleep in Monday. Um, but I had, I had a hell of a time. Um, wouldn't be possible without you. So thanks for letting me tag along down there. Um, went from the bar down lounge straight to Cabrini and uh, saw the boys get a dub there. So my weekend was was 10 out of 10. The cannons were good. So we'll, we'll get into all that. But I, I'm feeling good. How about how about you, dudes? You were hurting a little bit last week. You want to elaborate yes. a little bit? Yes. So um, for anybody that was wondering what happened last week, if we died, if we we're too hungover, if we we're too lazy, you're usually right with some of those things. But I will say that. First, I'd like to apologize to anybody that I got sick because I got the flu um, night one at the PLL Champ Series. Tried to battle through it, went Friday night, tried to create the content, took enough meds that I tricked myself into thinking that I wasn't sick. Uh, later that night, the flu came back out of me and uh, I left on Saturday. Uh, it felt like ass basically all week. My brain power is at an all-time low. This is the first day that I feel like somewhat normal, um, so that's good at least. But I'm sorry if I got anybody sick that I met, um, or if you're if you're like, oh, I don't feel sick. I just saw Dukes. Maybe I'll hit you hit you on Saturday. But um, yeah, overall, when I was there, it was a great time. Champ Series delivered. It was actually like low key. I lo- I love watching the games from the uh, like the sixes from the bar down. But that's all I know. Watching it on TV, hell of an experience. Um, we got the cannons knocking off the water dogs in OT. Yes. Any thoughts? I mean, we'll dive into. Uh, We'll dive into the game right away, and then we'll get some thoughts on like the whole whole week as a whole. But um, what, what what do you think about the uh, championship game? I I think the goalie stole the show. I'm not going to go too into curse right now. I mean, Deluca for the Water Dogs was was unbelievable. Uh, the second half, he was making saves that are impressive for a field goalie in a normal field, but with the size of the field and how close those shots are coming, he he was standing on his head. There were a lot of times where he made saves, and I said to myself, you know, that's that's it. Like if the cans couldn't get one there, the water dogs are going to go punch one in. Um, and, and to be, to be honest, he, he outplayed curse in the second half. He was, he was the star of the game in my opinion. Um, buddy, buddy, I got bad news for you. He played, he outplayed cursed that entire game. Oh yeah. Played every single goalie that entire oh, yeah. week. Matt Deluca is a starter in this league. Stud. He's got the size. He's got the hands. He's got the instinct. Huge. Huge. And you know what? Like, I'll, I'll say this for people that want to call sixes a glorified West Jenny. I, I, I can't disagree more. You know, the first time I watched it, you know, I probably was like, you know, kind of a lot of shooting, a lot of shots, a lot of goals, but I will say these goalies are what stuck out to me this entire week. I think that they made a lot of saves. I think that also the strategy this year changed a lot compared to last year, which is really cool to see. I mean, the more that the sixes rolls out, the more that you'll see how substitution, how it plays a role. You'll see the different strategies. Will you full, full court press against a team? Will you fall back more against another team? Like, how do you, how, how will you play in the last four minutes? You have a lead. Like, you saw the water dogs had leads in a bunch of these games. And then they were like in the fourth quarter, kind of took the gas off the pedal. And you saw the cannons in the championship game really stuck it to the dogs to begin with, put the dogs on their heels. Um, you, you saw the hits, uh, Stout against um, Sowers, so you got. What do you think of? What do you think of the Sowers? Pat, Pat uh, Aslanian on the uh, crease against. Who was that? I want to say it was Trainer, but yeah, I mean there was some. The Cannons brought the physicality, what I loved, and you know, there's a lot of dialogue on my Twitter. So yeah, let me let me bring it to you. What did you think about the uh, hit on Sowers? Did you think it was clean or dirty? I think it's right in the middle there. I didn't think it was like a malicious hit. I mean, he crow hopped right into the hit. I mean, when you crow hop from the top of the two-point line and, and, and a defender's flying at you, you know you're going to get smoked. Um, there was some helmet to helmet, I guess, by rule. Maybe you could have called it. Yeah. The, the second hit that came right after on the crease. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love a good cheap shot, but that was, that was dirty. Uh, I mean, he came up so high and so into his head. Um, it looked even – I'm sure it looked way worse on TV too. Uh, with the slow-mo and everything. But the Sowers hit, I didn't have a huge problem with. It sucks to see someone as good as him go down, um, changes the entire game. You know, he's he's one of the best offensive players in the game, fixes field no matter where he's playing. 
Um, but I just didn't have a huge problem with that hit. The second one was when I was kind of like, I'm not going to stand uh, and be like, yeah, no, that's clean. That's 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 just how you play lacrosse. It, it was dirty. And if I was on the other team, I would have had a major issue with it. And if it was on my team, I probably would have said to the guy, yo, like, let's not cross check him in the back of the net, uh, back of the neck uh, in front of the cage. So no problem with the Sours one, though. Look, I like the way that the Canadians played phys- physically. Uh, I thought it was a physically imposing game that they set. They set the tone, which I I get all those things. It's unfortunate that Sowers got knocked out of the game. I hate to see. You hate to see that. Probably, in my opinion, for what it's worth, besides Tom Schreiber, I think Michael Sowers right now is the best player in the world. So it's unfortunate seeing him obviously knocked out of a championship game. And again, in my six is not six is who gives a fuck? It's a championship game. These guys are playing for money. They're playing for a fucking what. Wedding rings, they're playing for fucking honeymoons, they're playing for weddings, they're playing for fucking like 10K. So anybody that's like, they don't care, these guys fucking care. So I, my heart went out to Sours, that sucked. But here's what I'll say. I think the hit was dirty. I think it was unfortunate, but I will. The one thing that's like holding me like, was it? Like Stout did have some dirty hits or like, you know, I didn't even think the one against Jules was that bad, but I, in the Redwoods game. But again, it, it's kind of like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. That whole fucking saying, like, <laughs> like if two plus two equals four every single time, every single time. So Stout, I, I don't know him, have nothing against him, but I will say that he had some questionable hits, some questionable play the entire week. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to call it dirty, I have no problem with them calling that dirty. But personally, I didn't think it was. The Padislanian hit, I love the way Padislanian plays the game. He's honestly one of my, the Islanian brothers are two of my favorite guys to Jersey watch boys. in the league. Jersey boys? Yeah, I believe I believe Westfield. Like yeah, that, yeah, it made sense. Scumbag, scumbag. Oh, hit. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I, I thought that that hit on the crease was like, all right, chill, chill out a little bit. Like, I got it. It sent a message, but then I gotta say, like, they lost. But the way that Copeland and even like Kieran Ricardo, like the way that they were able to like be like you're not like you know st- stand up for themselves, but not getting any penalties or not turning it into the cannons like disruptive play, making it not about lacrosse. I think it's a uh, tip of the hat to what he's built over there in uh, in Philly, which is weird to say now. Yeah. Um, I mean, his mid-game interview right after the hit, he, he, he was keeping his composure, Copeland, but you could tell um, he didn't like it. I think he had a line like, you know, it, it's, it's been a physical game, maybe dirty or something. I forget exactly what he said, but he used the word like, we expected that or it's not surprising. And um, Well, they got in the little tiff um, before the before championship games were even started. They got a tiff. In a scrimmage, um, yeah. you saw your boy Scarp. Oh yeah, Knox. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Scarp. I mean, he was another guy in the game who played when Sowers went down. Scarpello, uh, some would say D Mitty by choice. He, he played a little bit of offense. They almost didn't. What was up with that? that the, the broadcast was sucking him off. Like, he, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Scarp played his role, which is I think was like the biggest, <laughs> biggest compliment I could give Scarp was he didn't fuck up on offense. He. Stayed on the field, showed a motor, team player, right? But I mean, they were fucking like sucking him off, like he had, he had like a hattie in the, like the second quarter. Three, three assists and a goal, though. I feel like I, I, I could be wrong here. I feel like most D midi guys were kind of popping off the field on offense. Is no, that's I what I'm saying. Like his big, the biggest compliment I could give him is that he d- stayed on the field and like showed like his motor, his toughness, team player, like Jersey guy, Jersey guy. But they guy. were acting like. They were acting like he was fucking like callback. They were acting like he was Lyle Thompson out there. <laughs> um, I just thought I it was mean, funny. I thought it was funny. He played a hell of a game. Yeah, deserved all the credit he got. But it was just it was very funny. I thought from uh, like you 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 just would have thought that he was just two thousand and one Mikey Powell out there. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, his first shot of the game, Curse got the best of him, and the next time he was on the crease, he dunked it right on Curse's head. So Rutgers on Rutgers crime. Oh yeah, I know. I know he's a big curse guy. I know when he got stuffed by him on the crease, he was probably thinking, "I, I can't let that happen again." So those are two he, Rutgers boys going at it. You think and, that when he snuck one by, he thought he was getting curse of the week? No, I, I, I curse of the week's locked up. Uh, there was no one once the championship. You know, spoiler: once the championship was done, I think we all knew who the curse of the week was going to be. Um, and we have some surprise honorable mentions this week. Some first ever's. Uh, two first ever's actually, so we'll get into that at the end of the show. But they, I was going back and forth. The Water Dogs won the championship. You know, Scarp was definitely going to be in my conversation for stepping up. Maybe he was going to score the game winner. I know uh, 
he plays with a lot of fire. I know he was real pissed off at some of the no calls at the end. I know you're a big Matty P guy. Uh, I don't want to come on here and slander the refs, but anyone who knows me knows I'm not a ref guy uh, from top to bottom. I just don't like them. They usually don't like me. I, me and Matty P would not get along if I was a player. I just know that he, he's a verbal ref and refs. I don't want to say he's making it about him, but he has the side comments. He's got the, the mannerisms and he, Plays that little main character. Yeah, but fuck that mess. Fuck that. This, oh, is, this, no, this is he refs. He refs every single fucking game in the PLL. It's not like you're getting like a one-off ref, and you're like switching it up every. And so he obviously knows the players. If you're acting like you don't know the players' tendencies and who they are, he knows them better than anybody else. Like, could I see you getting irritated as a player for sure? But it's just like yeah. just as irritating for him to pretend like like Patislani and wasn't like like you don't think that okay. he's seen Patislani and like do that a couple times. And second off everybody wants to go at Matty P's throat for when he misses a fucking call. Has anybody ever considered the idea that there's other people in that crew and that could have missed a call? And everyone wants to just yell at Matty, be like, oh, it's TV Matty. He's just trying to make this about him. Like, he, anytime there's a missed call out of the officiating crew, they just want to point it to Matty P, which I think is, like, fair. If you want to be the guy that, like, you know, has the jersey sold, um, is out there verbally, is all mic'd up. Like, I get that. Like, you're going to have to take the heat, but I don't think he gives a shit. But I think people are so stupid to act like he, every missed call is on him. That's like fair. The one, the one on the, in, in the crease just wasn't his call. You could see him point to the ref and be like, what was the call there? Like, yeah. that's on you. And the ref was like, I don't know. I missed it. Then Maddie has to make the call. Maddie doesn't know the fucking call. Maddie doesn't care if he misses the fucking call because he knows that there's going to be a replay for it. That's fair. I was more concerned. I believe there was a ball that came off. The cannons actually, and he ruled it cannons ball at the end of the game. And I know Scarp, at least what it looked like on TV, was was very adamant that that ball didn't go off of uh, off of him. And they can't review that in sixes, so Matty P kind of gets screwed there. Um, but that's fair. That's a fair. Uh, you, know you know what? It's Scarp. It, it, not even Scarp. If anybody wants to show us the re- like, show me show me the replay. I didn't see anybody talking about that on Twitter. I know them. They, they keep wanting to talk about like the PLL championship game. Like, did the Water Dogs get screwed? Yes. But I mean, like, if we're gonna act gonna like, there's human error in the sport. Like, yeah, 100%. there's gonna be there's gonna be missed calls. I think that like, blaming refs for a loss or being like one call was a deciding factor in that game, it never fucking is. I agree. So I'm like, I just had to make. I just had to make. Hey, you want to defend Scarp? I got to defend Maddie P. Yeah, you know it is what it is, and I'm and I'm sure if I saw Maddie P, I'd give him a, a big handshake and a big smile. And you know, like you said, he refs every game, so you know he gets that. Uh, I got to give him credit. And like you said, it's hard for him just to act like none of that shit happened. So he kn- he knows the guys. So I, I tip he my cap. He complains. He knows he like again. Like it's. I used to have this ref who would ref us in football, CYO basketball, like high school basketball lacrosse and he had this mullet and he, he made every game about him and I hated him. But it was also like when you got him, you knew what his act was. He knew his MO. If he reffed us every single game and you know, he knew my MO he fucking hated me just as much as I hated him. But like, (laughs) like I think that like at the end of the day, it's like Maddie P refs every single one of their, their games, every single game of the weekend, every single game of the summer. That's that, like I said, I, 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 it's fair. That's a good, that's a good counterpoint. So I'm with right. you. I'm, just, I'm, I, 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 I'm not a ref guy. I can't hide it. Anyone who knows me knows why, you know, so it, it is what it is. We don't need to, we don't need to dive too much into Matty P. It's about the players. And it was, it was a phenomenal game. I mean, like you said, watching on TV was really, really cool. I thought so too, man. I, I, I'm glad you shared the same perspective. Um, Look, I love – and again, like there's nothing better than like going from the bar down and then, you know, going to like the presidential suites or something, like, you know, 50-yard line, like no big deal. But like watching – it, it amazes me. Every weekend that we, I can't go to in the summer, it amazes me how – like that, that, that right there is what I think separates it from me from college to pros. It is the TV quality. And it's yeah. the attention to detail that the PLL is able to get probably compared to college that I think like on TV – it looks so well. The The production value is so good. And like being on that side of things a little bit uh, at Barstool, just production, seeing the way that they uh, m- making videos, making like some of these like reality TV shows. I have a bigger appreciation now for production value and like TV value or whatever. And, you know, like the Barstool Bowl, whatever. Very impressed with uh, with how that came out. 
and how the St. James looked. I think the crowd was great. I think the crowd was awesome. Um, Bart Alice barking. And uh, overall, it was a great weekend. I think that Sixes needs to get some respect. Yeah, I don't understand people's issue with Sixes. I don't know if it's super, super you know, lacrosse hardos or if it's casuals who don't really watch and they just want to hate on it. I, I played lacrosse my whole life. I've never been one to go to war and be like, lacrosse is the best sport ever. Uh, you know, baseball sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just like lacrosse for what it is. And I feel like if you like lacrosse for what it is, then six is rules. I mean, it's a lot of offense. It's not pretending to be a defensive battle. It's not like when you play sixes, they're like, hey, it's going to be a 10-8 game. It's, yeah, but like even like we saw like 16-10 games. Yeah, there there were some low-scoring games. It's also, in my opinion, it's just it's basketball and lacrosse slammed together. And it's high pace, it's fun to be there and watch it. You're you were a goalie, I was a goalie, and I would like it as a goalie. What'd you say? I would like it as a goalie. See, I don't know if I'd like it, but I like why like I don't think it's like I it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I thought the goalies would have no chance. They wouldn't be making any saves. I think the shot clock's perfect. I think that limits teams from just being able to run around and dunk it over and over and over again. You get some outside shots. I do have I do have one complaint, and I know I know the the, the leader of the league is in the same boat as me. We got to make the we got to make the games longer somehow. I think two minutes on each quarter would be great, but the games go by so quickly, and it's almost like I know there were some comebacks. But it's one of those things where when you get a league lead, it's almost like how much time do we have left to get it back? And I know it's easy to get the two pointers and roll. Um, rebuttal. They just felt short, and I'm ready for your rebuttal. But it, it did you think it felt short before you got into your? No, into I know, I know. It, it it is short. Short. Like last year, I'd be like, "Wow, the game just said, holy fuck." But but the one thing is, I, I'll have to give it to the players. Like these guys, literally, like they they have different jobs and shit, and then they just go off. Like they have one one week of training. Like they have like three days of practice, scrimmages, games, like they're fucking tired. Like if you like increase this quarters, like even by two minutes each, like that adds what, like another 15, 20 minutes of gameplay, which I think that like in this format for a week long tournament, it's, it's fine as it is. Cause I, I've thought about that. If they ever did something, they ever brought sixes into like the real league or something. And like, this is like what the PLL was with sixes. Yeah, I think that they'd have to increase the time, of course. And I, I think the one thing you told me is you're I'm not gonna steal your point, but you want to talk about what you told me about overtime, what you thought? Yeah, so uh, overtime, I mean, I showed up for that first overtime game. It was the first action I saw, and it's way too quick. Uh, uh, there's two options I think that are perfect. You can either play first to three, so it can't get ended on one possession. Um, you know, you gotta put two in the net, either two ball and a one or three ones, whatever it wants to be. Or you got to play a four-minute quarter. Uh, I think those are really your only two options. To have it be one goal with the amount of goals being scored, it, it's almost on. It, it's almost just not right. Uh, this is a bad comparison, but imagine if you played an NBA basketball game or an NCAA basketball game, and they were just like, "All right, overtime, first basket wins." It's a little different, but at the end of the day, like it, it's similar concept where it's a lot of scoring. Um, so I think when you're scoring that much, there needs to be something that you can't go golden goal really only works in hockey and, and soccer and regular lacrosse. In my opinion, other than that, um, not many sports are golden goal. So that, that was my thoughts on overtime. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's gotta be like first, first to three, maybe like a target score, which they do in like the, uh, in some basketball tournaments, Yep, it's like an Elam ending. So I, I don't know what exactly it is, but I think that's one thing that they have to figure out figure out i don't do you like one goal in re, in regular lacks like just regular field lacks just one first goal wins um i think i, I think i like it because those games are long at, those games are long as fuck 15 minute quarters stoppages you know a good lacrosse game you know 13 12 15 14 um I think it's fine. You play so much time. You can get a stop. I, like you, you have so many offensive possessions that don't end in goals. Um, the save percentages are higher. Uh, there's more players, the pulls. So I'm fine with the the regular OT. What about you? You not a fan or? No, I like it. I, okay. that, I just want to make, I just think that on the sixes field, they just had to change the overtime rules. And again, sixes isn't, you might like it. You might not like this. Is my last point, but. I think that this is necessary for the growth of the sport. If this is what it has to be done to get lacrosse on the global stage in LA 28, 
And fuck yeah, let's do it. You could even see teams like Japan are way more competitive in the sixes format. It's hard for teams to find one. It's hard to find one good lacrosse player. To find 11 is even harder. So this will help bring six to the field, all short sticks, you know, be a high level pace. It's going to be fun. And you know what? I'm committed to LA 28. I love that. I think you're a key point there is all short sticks. I think it's the the elite defensemen in the world where the game is not as big are so much harder to find. To find a pull just from another country who who isn't a lacrosse dominance doesn't have like a big lacrosse array. They're not gonna have, you know, tons of long pulls running around. But short stick is, you know, an easier stick to handle. Um, it's easier to pick up. And like you said, a team like Japan, I could see being like just relative, like sneaky, relatively dangerous in sixes because like they're just going to cock back and let it rip and they don't have to worry about these six foot four, 250 pound poles covering their guys. And that's like sort of the, the Canada and American MO is, you know, big poles, big middies and, and fast attacking. So I think six is going to be awesome in the Olympics. I think it hasn't really set in with me that in 2028, it'll be cool to be like, yo, the Olympic lacrosse is on. Um, so that got me real excited for that when uh, Rabel mentioned, he was like, hey, you know, it's not the exact same rules, but it's the same format. And uh, they're going to straighten up those rules for the Olympics and figure it out. So I'm excited. I am too. And then I guess last thing before we dive into college, a little PLL note, rumors are swirling that Dane Smith might take off the 2024 season. Any thoughts from you personally? On it, when he takes the season off, I haven't, I haven't dove dove deep enough into it to you know make that call if he's gonna or not. (coughs) Like you said, if if he doesn't play, that player pool is deep. There's a lot of really good guys, and the rosters are so small. Um, I think it almost makes it easier to replace a, a, a really good player, similar to how Lyle Thompson not playing for the Cannons. Um, Yes, they'd be better with him, like we said, but would they? Some would say. Some would say. Some but would say. I think due to the roster size and amount of good lacrosse talent, it's easier to replace them. If there were thirty-five man rosters, um, I think it'd become harder. You know, that you have a lot more deeper benches. But yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever he whatever he wants to do, it's his life. Um be, yeah, I'm I don't not- hate him. I don't hate him for like leaving. It's just like yeah. I think that they got a lot of these box across guys, like not like the players themselves, but I think like the media members will be like, like, oh ho ho, Dane <laughs> Smith doesn't want to play for the PLL, buddy. It's like he probably just wants to stay closer to home, and I don't fault him. But in the same sense, it's like the PLL, like, like it's not like we're losing. It's not like the NFL is losing like Tom Brady. Like, Dane Smith's a fucking hell of a player, but. Do you not see the draft class? There's, there's Kavanaugh's. There's Brennan O'Neill. Like, there's superstars on the come up. Like, CJ yeah. Curse. We got another fucking curse coming to the league. You got Schellenberger. It's, you have all these players that also, like, there's good, enough good players that can't even be on the roster right now. So, this is just yeah. giving more people an opportunity. And, you know, I think that, like, it, it, and look, I might be biased and people are going to be calling me a fucking homer. But look, Lyle Thompson obviously is great. I mean, probably, like, it probably is a little out of whack with that comment I made last year. Wasn't completely wrong, but like maybe a little out of whack. But let's just say, like, call a spade a spade. Nobody's even thought about Lyle Thompson. Seriously. Like, no. so, like, again, like, if Dane Smith wants to leave, it's like, I don't think that, he, like, unfo- like he, I don't want him to leave. I don't want Lyle Thompson to leave. I think the sport's great with both them in it, but like, I don't think it's as big of a loss as people want it to act like it, it might be. I, I agree. I think, I think uh, the NLL media, like you said, they, they'll look at it like as a I gotcha moment. And I just don't think it's that. There could be tons of factors. And, you know, some of these guys just genuinely like box better. It's a different sport. It's I like box, but not like – yeah, I, I like box, but, like, not like box lacrosse better. I just like box better. <laughs> <laughs> that one flew in my head yeah. for a second. <laughs> keep saying. Um, no, yeah, I mean, some people are just box junkies. And I, box wasn't big in Jersey where I grew up. I wasn't big into it when I was little. But I'm sure, you know, the people who grew up with it, it's like, you know, if I can – whatever it is, make similar money and, and live closer to home. And, you know, the, the NLL is a great league, but it's, I don't think it's comparable to the PLL because they're, they're both playing lacrosse, but the, 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 the gameplay is so different. It's not even, they're mm-hmm. not, they shouldn't be in the same discussion. In my opinion, I do think box players are all nasty at field, but not all field players are nasty at box, but 
I guess that's kind of not true what I just said either. There's some yeah. boxers. You got to be able to run around a lot more. Um, but I think Gain, a lot of Gain was a guy. Gain was a guy that played just purely box and transitioned to the field. And he was able yeah. to become a stud. Um, again, yeah. It'd be it'd suck if he didn't. But I mean, yeah, it's not good riddance. Um, it, had a hell of a career in the PLL, and I yeah. probably am done watching you play lacrosse. For the yeah. most part, I'll watch like box like once in a while, but yeah, I, I I tune into box to watch the to watch uh, the Curse Brothers play, and that that's really about it. I just, just tune in to check in on them, but there's there's a lot of teams in box lacrosse, hard to keep up with it all year round. So let's yeah. um let's dive into college lacs really quick. Let's just go over big week. You don't have to go over every game. Just want to shout out from last Wednesday, Jordan flies on. He was the Notre Dame wide receiver who was the MVP of their bowl game. Freshman walk-on receiver stud had three goals in his opener. He's just way more athletic than like everybody else in the world. Oh, yeah. um, so he's going to be a problem without the entire season. So just want to shout him out really quick. There's a fucking blowout. Um, let's just let's dive into the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. Cheers. OC controversy. Maryland 13, Syracuse 12. Thought that was one fucking hell of a game. Uh, yeah. Syracuse is a lot of fun to root for. Maryland shoot, still still has something to say about that. Um, be the best. 13-12 in overtime. Um, D-Mitty scored the game-winning goal. Let me get his name really quick. I fucking forgot it. Stamos. Um, so what were your thoughts on the game? Were you inebriated at this point? Were you able to check it out as much? I know that you were <laughs> on three foot, foot on the ground. I was uh, I was with the Cabrini fellows feeling it, having some beers. I wasn't trashed, so I was able to watch the entire game. I I bet on Syracuse through DraftKings. Shout out DraftKings, and um, I was rooting for him heavy. Uh, I'm, I don't have any Maryland ties, but we're a Spalina podcast, so I was backing our guy. And uh, I thought they were going to pull it out when they went down late. I got a little worried, and then it went into OT and. Guy put the ball in the net. It looked good to me. And you go and you you break down the rule. And no matter where where the ball goes in or when it goes in, if you end up in the goal mouth, it's not a goal. And do I think that's right? No. I think there needs to be a, a massive discussion about the goal mouth. I don't think it does anything to protect goalies in any world. Um, it's not going to stop someone from diving into the crease, just like we kind of saw. A goalie can – I'm sure goalie still is likely to get his knee blown out, which is unfortunate if it ever happens. But I've never seen it. I've never been a part of it. Um, so it just sucks. I mean, you feel like you get robbed. The rules are the rules. It's it's not the right rule. And to, to, to have that get called off, reviewed, called off again, and then to have them come down on a clear and leave a D-Mitty wide open in the middle field, I mean, that fucking sucks. And I'm sure – Well, Syracuse that was – I think that was the epitome of the difference when controversy hit Syracuse in the face, the players, the fans – were frazzled like oh we just got we just got fucking hosed and it's like maryland just focused on the next play like that that was the difference between like a championship we've been there before to a, a young team that's like still has to prove themselves that's one of my first takeaways was like as soon as i saw the way that they reacted i was like yeah maryland's winning this game like the next possession they're winning and, it, and they want it quick i mean quick and i actually didn't agree with the i didn't agree with the call i mean i, I get that like yeah it's a goal mouth but i still think that he was kind of forced in there uh, okay. I, I know I, I didn't have any money on the game. I know that might be like an unpopular opinion. I saw that like a lot of people thought like don't agree with that call. They thought that it was the right call by the ref. I tend to disagree. I think that he was kind of forced into that uh, that goal mouth. But yeah, I'm, I'm team Syracuse got hosed. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing: it was hell of a game to watch, and the real winners and all that were lacrosse fans that were uh, tuned in to that one. And and those those goalies are both unreal. The Maryland and Syracuse goal. I mean. They made some crazy saves, um, and uh, it was fun, like you said. I mean, that's a great game to have. There's not enough Saturday night lacrosse games. We need more mm -hmm. of that. Um, so that was really cool to have a game. You know, I think it started at 6. So to have that, you know, for a nice Saturday night action, I think that'll be good for the sport. Yeah, and then Yale got their season kicked off. They had a win over Nova 13-11. Matt Brandau led the way with six points. Just looking around there. Looking at, looking at some games. Johns Hopkins beat Loyola. I have nothing to say about that game. I think Hopkins is good. Loyola, I think he's a nothing burger. I'm I'm ready to say, you know, it's early. I, I'm on the Hop is back train. I think John Crawley down at Hopkins has that offense just humming. 
I think they want to play for a guy like that. Uh, when you have an offensive coordinator who's played there, uh, knows the game, has coaching experience, you know, he's not, you know, a grad assistant. He's not in his second year. He's coached at Lehigh. He's uh, he's someone I could see the guys really want to play for, which is like cool. I think as a player that makes you want to play harder. And uh, I think it's just easy to communicate with a guy like that. I want to give a shout out to Quinnipiac beating the absolute breaks off of Brown. Um, I don't know what the odds were. I don't know what the spread was, but I know damn well Quinnipiac was a massive underdog and they won by six goals. And when I saw that while I was watching the Cabrini game, it was just, I mean, Brown historically is a solid program, has made championship runs, um, has had some unbelievable players. And Quinnipiac is, is not in that same tier as, as Brown. And it's one thing to beat a team, and it's another thing to beat the shit out of a team. So shout out the boys in Quinnipiac. I like to say they, uh, they went out and had a good night. That's for damn sure. Yes, they did. Um, Army kind of kicked the shit out of Rutgers 16-7. to Yeah, Army's going to be a very good team this year. Um, well, Rutgers is a great program. I, I, don't, I don't really see it being their year where they kind of sneak in or anything. Um, no, I'm with you there. I think they'll be in the mid-tier of the Big Ten. I haven't kept up with Albany enough the last few years. I know they've had some good teams in the past, but Colgate being Albany, I know Colgate was a favorite in that game, which shocked me. I, I, I took the spread for Albany, but Colgate with another good win. I mean, historically speaking, Albany's a much better lacrosse school than Colgate. So shout out the boys up there, keeping it going still. Yeah, the, the fighting Peter Bombs. Um, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I, think that, uh, I think that's a good win. I know Albany's got some players up there. So, yeah, Colgate started off the season hot, lost – be Penn State, and they got the shit kicked out of them a little bit by Syracuse, but yep. it's a solid win over Albany up north, or, or I don't even know where Colgate is, to be honest. It's like somewhere in like Pennsylvania or New York. It's, uh, it's definitely north somewhere. I yeah, think it's, it's definitely a cold college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Virginia, 14-10 over Richmond. Big story there is Peyton Cormier, leading goal scorer in Virginia history. So shout out to Peyton Cormier. He's been there for about 7,000 years. Um, but like that, that I think – the only thing we have, like uh, Virginia is my pick to win the national championship for what it's worth. Um, I think they're just going to find a way. Shelly Boyden. Boyden reminds me a little bit of like, um, what's his fucking name from Merrimack? Uh, Redwoods player. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You forgot this last time. I think you remembered it. I totally, I have no idea who you're talking about, but I think we've done this before. We have Charlie Bertrand. There yeah. That's Such a good grab. That was such a good grab, Kevin. Such a good grab. Uh, Charlie Bertrand. He reminds me of like Charlie Bertrand, like an attackman from D3, lit it up. I mean, I know Merrimack wasn't D3. They were like transitioning D2 to D1 when yeah. he was going, but I think that Boyden's going to be a problem. And Mc McCabe Mellon, stay tuned for that one, McCabe Mellon. But McCabe Mellon, doing what he started off, I think he had like four goals, four points. Um, th that team's just going to be an absolute problem. Is uh, they got is like six, they got like six four giants on that. Oh, team. Yeah. I think they match up terribly, or I think they match up awesome for themselves, but terribly for Duke. I think that they're people that could match up with uh, Brendan O'Neill, size that was an attackman, Dyson Williams, and I also think that like when you're looking at like the length, like causing problems for that Notre Dame attack, like I think that they are a matchup nightmare for teams. Yeah, they're they're huge. They got a Chatham boy down there, Griffin Kologi in Virginia on the Virginia defense. He's, a He's rich still boy. there. What'd you say? He's still there. He's still there. Uh, it's not the same Kologi. It's his little brother, the Kologi okay. who, who won two national championships with him. It's his his little brother. Um, so he's good. Shout out those guys. But I'm I'm just a little worried that uh, that McCabe Millen's almost almost too good. Is he going to take all the thunder from Schellenberger? Is Schellenberger in that point in his career where he's like, listen? I've proved everything. I got nothing left to prove. If, if there's a, a freshman on the team who has a couple more points or, or more goals than me, does he not give a fuck? And that's a good teammate to have. So, Shelly led the game with like five or seven points. Yeah. I mean, like, he's so like, I don't think, I don't think he gives a fuck. Like, I mean, like, also, like, when Shelly came on the scene, he had to split, split the shine with like Matt Moore. Yeah. Not, like, Virginia just brings in number one guys who are really good. It's like they're stealing shots from one another. He was one of the first guys, at least that I heard of, that redshirted like on purpose when he was a freshman due to how good Virginia's team was. And that was kind of uh, – happens a lot in football. I think you don't see that in lacrosse. He sort of – he wasn't injured, uh, no academic issues, and he just said, listen, I'm going to 
I'm going to take a redshirt year because I want to use all four of my years and I don't want to, you know, not get as much time. And the three years he's played, he's, he's absolutely done more than what he was capable of. So shout Schellenberger for that redshirt. I think it'll pay off uh, even more when he's breaking all those records later in the year. Yeah. I mean, I, for what, for what it's worth, I think he, he's probably my favorite player in the country to watch. He, he can just do it all. I mean, that's still that run in 2021 when they beat, beat Maryland in Connecticut. I mean, that was one of, one of the better lacrosse games I've ever seen. Uh, he's a, he's a fucking stud. Uh, just skimming through the rest of the weekend, dude kicked the shit out of St. Joe's. Georgetown got their first win over Penn. And again, I'm skimming over these because like, I'm not going to give you analysis on a game that I didn't watch. Again, I was sick of shit. I was traveling home on Saturday fighting for my dear life. Um, and we want, we want to bring you some previews of the weekend. Um, and then, yeah, who do you th- – and then I got one question for you before we dive into the game previews. Best undefeated – most underrated 4-0 team in the country. Uh, it's the Jersey Boys down at NJIT. Yes, um, sir. I uh, I was rooting for Monmouth against them, and uh, they never stopped fighting. Those guys are 4-0. They got more wins this year than I think – I think they had seven wins total since 2019, if I if I looked correctly. Uh, so to have four and have it be four and zero, oh, that's got to feel good. I think they're senior heavy, so those guys have just been sticking it, sticking through the mud together, and uh, they're getting some shine online, which is cool. I see a lot of people saying America's team. Um, so shout out NJIT four and zero oh, and and feeling it. it. It hurt to see him beat my mammoth, my mammoth Hawks, whatever they are. My my buddy from Cabrini's there, but. It is what it is. The better team wins, and and they were the better team that night. Trying to find out, like you know, I know they had three, three wins last year, so they tie, they beat their highest win total ever. But like, and I believe they went defeated the year prior. Yeah, they've had. Uh, there's a there was a tweet with I'm trying to find it, but I can't seem to. But they're they had some dark days that yeah. program. Um, but so shout out to them going four and out to start the year. They're plus one and a half against uh Manhattan. So I guess we could just dive into that. Who you got in that one? Plus one and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Jersey boys. I'm just going to take them. They're hot. I mean, um, it reminds me, you know, I hate to bring up the glory days, but Chatham football had some dark days and we went on a run with a senior heavy class. So I like to think NJIT is uh, doing their best, you know, Chatham football impression. They're going to, they're going to make some noise. Don't sleep on them. What, uh, what conference is NJIT in? You got any idea? I have no idea. The conference conference realignment has fucked me up. Oh, maybe the NEC. I think that might be correct, but don't unless there's a, a big dog in that conference that I don't know about. Just watch out for them. I mean, it, it, you get a couple wins under your belt and you get a little confidence. I mean, you can start slinging that American rock. East. Okay, so I'm sure somebody- we got like Bryant, Merrimack, Binghamton, Vermont, UMBC, Albany, UMass Lowell. So there's there's some good teams there, but at the same time, like don't don't sleep on those guys. If they can take care of Manhattan and they get hot, you know it only takes two, three, sometimes four wins in a conference tournament, and uh, only sixteen teams make the tournament. So imagine imagine what it'd mean to those guys to to get a bid. And I don't want to talk too early on them, but it's just it's just cool to watch. It's cool to watch a team get hot like that. Who's who's been through it all? They have zero Chatham kids. All right. Well, Chatham sends their kids to really cool places like Cabrini. So let's yeah, where not... the school gets shut down. What the fuck, dude? We're playing Lynchburg on Saturday. First game of the weekend. Let's talk Towson, St. Joe's. St. Joe's plus one and a half. Towson minus one and a half. St. Joe's coming off a loss to Duke. Towson. I think they kicked the shit out of um that Demayo kid. Maybe seventeen to five. So, who do you got in this one? St. Joe's Towson at St. Joe's. I'm gonna go Towson. I, I, that that DeMeo kid, I think, is really good. Um, he can he can sort of do a little bit of everything with the passing and this putting the ball in the back of the net. So, uh, I'm gonna ride Towson. Um, haven't gotten a good read on St. Joe's. Uh, they got their ass handed to them by BU and and by Duke. And um, so, yeah. I'm just gonna ride with the boys down in Maryland. I still think I still think I, I'm drinking the St. Joe's juice. I still think they're a good team. I think still think they're a good program. Uh, I think 
Levi Anderson is one of the better players in the country. He's going to be a hell of a box player. He's going to be a PLL player for sure. Matt Bomer has been one of my favorite players to watch over the last couple of years for St. Joe's. Obviously, Colin Reich, um, Reich, whatever. Sorry, Kyle. Um, he's he's exciting midfielder. Um, can turn it up. Great, great team player in my opinion. And I think that the defense has some length that can uh, bother bother some people. Um, and then we have tomorrow night as well. Jacksonville at Duke. This is a game that you know has been uh, on upset radars in the past. I think there's going to be an upset. You can bet Jacksonville plus two thousand oh. in Durham. Jacksonville's plus ten. Over unders twenty eight. Hoodie on this one. I'm taking I'm taking Duke to blow them out specifically because Jacksonville's given them you know, a lot of problems in the past and hung around in some games. And like you said, some people historically have always looked at it like Jacksonville can get them here. And there's a reason for that. They've played Duke really tough. I don't think Jacksonville is as good as they, they have been. I think they took a small step back. Um, and Duke is just – Duke can explode for 20 goals in the blink of an eye. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if there's a defenseman on Jacksonville that that's ready to, to, to guard O'Neal. And if there's not, he's he's going to go for six goals and, and an assist or two, and just he's going to do what he does best. He's he's a man amongst amongst smaller men when he's on the field. I agree. I, I have I have Duke kind of kicking the shit out of Jacksonville here. I think it's a little bit of revenge. Don't think don't think those seniors forgot anything. Brown at Providence, battle of Providence right here. Um, I think it's the bat. What is it? Maybe the battle of Ocean State they call it. So Providence plus one and a half. Over under is 25 and a half at Providence at Chappie Field. Who you got? I know Providence, you know, they're they've been big in the Dukes camp, and you know, as much as I want to take them, I think Brown comes out a little bit more pissed off after that Quinnipiac loss. Um, to lose by six to a team that you're supposed to beat. Uh, they're practicing hard. I mean, maybe even practice last Sunday. After the game, I know damn well if 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 I if if we were at Cabrini and we lost like that, we'd be practicing on Sunday. So it wouldn't put it past me for a an elite team like Brown to get out there Sunday practice. And coach says, "Listen, I don't give a fuck if this is our off day. You guys just got smoked. You didn't take this team seriously, and we're gonna practice Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And you, you better bring it when we play. Uh, we play Providence. So I'm gonna take Brown in that one. Yeah, I like I like Providence in this one. I still I. I believe in uh, Bobby Benson and what he's building. I think they just got the shit kind of kicked out of them from Harvard. I think they come out with a little bit of fire under their ass. I think this is the best chance of beating Brown in a little bit. And I think that Bobby Benson is going to have those boys ready to go. So next game, Johns Hopkins at UNC spreads North Carolina plus one and a half over under is 24. Who you got? I was hyping them up before I'm going to roll with hop. I'm a loyal guy. Uh, UNC has those, uh, you know, they got Petromala and Duffy coming up as the freshmen. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of UNC lacrosse this year. I've watched a lot of Hopkins lacrosse and I like what I see. So I'll take them, I'll take them spread. I'll, I'll give the one and a half. I think the, I think Hopkins has a complete team. I, I've talked a lot about the offense, but I mean, Chase Erland and that he, he's phenomenal. He's proven himself at Cornell. Um, comes from a lacrosse family. I think that always helps as well. And, so um, that game down in UNC, you said, or is it in Maryland? I know Hopkins. UNC. Hopkins has played a ton of home games already. Um, so, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the hop on the road. I don't like going against a home team dog, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think I think UNC's got some dogs in them still. I think they're going to be one of the more underrated teams this year. I have North Carolina winning this one. Um, they, they still got Lance Tillman. They got uh, Harry Welford. Who was a Bucknell guy transfer there? Still there, it's, it looks like. And then, yeah, you you nailed it with who, Owen Duffy, Don Petromala, and Logan McGovern. I think is a stud um, from UNC. I think that Paul Barton might be one of my favorite poles, most physically uh, imposing guys that I've seen on a lacrosse field in college in a while. And let's just bring it to the cage. Colin Craig's a game changer. I think that for the money, he's the best goalie in the country, not named Liam Entman. Uh, for a while, you could have made the debate. Krieg or Entman, and I think the only reason that like Krieg's not in the discussion anymore has really been because of the talent surrounding him in the last couple of years at Chapel Hill. Colin Krieg is a name. Don't forget it. I know if you've been following college across for the past couple of years, you didn't forget it, but 
he's an absolute stud. And I, I think that uh, UNC has problems all over that field. I love it. We might have to get a little battle. We got a couple of mismatches here between you and I. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's look at which game should we do next? Wow. All right, let's do Rutgers Loyola. Loyola minus one and a half. Rutgers plus one and a half. Quick shot. Who you got? Oh, uh, last time I bet against Loyola, they got they, they beat the shit out of Georgetown. I'm gonna go with Loyola. I hate going against the Rutgers boy, but my allegiance my allegiance is gone without curse. So Loyola under twenty four and a half for me. Vermont Utah Utah minus three. Who you got? Utah. Um, they can sling it. I'll, I'll give the points. Or I'll take the points. I apologize. Um, I'm with you on that one. I'll, ta- I'll take those two. So if, if they lose but they cover, good teams win, great teams cover. Diving into the thick of it. Princeton at Maryland. Maryland's minus three and a half. Thoughts? Picks? Who you got? I think Maryland wins uh, three and a half a lot, though. I mean, I think Princeton has a good squad. Uh, it sucks that they have to lose guys to the transfer portal because of the stupid Ivy League rules with the you can't play more than four years at a school. Um, so I'm if I'm betting on the spread, I'm betting Princeton. But if I'm taking the winner, I, I think Maryland's going to win that game. I just don't think they're going to win by four. Yeah, I, I think Princeton keeps this one close. Uh, I think Maryland coming off that emotional win. I. I I don't like it for them, and I think that Princeton's still like just, you know, they're regrouping. I think there's still there's talent there. I think that they they're going to be fired up enough for this one to keep it close. Try to be on upset alert. Plus three twenty five is definitely intriguing for me. Ohio State at Virginia. Virginia is minus seven and a half point favorites. Ness, what's your thoughts, concerns about this game? That's a lot of points. I've been seeing this goalie for Ohio State. They call him Big Tasty. Uh, he, he's a big boy freshman. I love not to be confused boy. with the uh, big tasty on Twitter. Yes, correct. Not to be confused with the Twitter big tasty, but he's uh, he, he's a good player. I think he's stepping up for an upperclassman who got hurt. I'm not sure exactly the guy's name. Um, but it, it, when you have a goalie like that, he could get hot. He's young. Um, he hasn't been shelled a whole lot. And he's, I think that inexperience could help him here to, to you know, maybe let the nerves just go and, Play what you play, what you know how to do. I'll take seven and a half from Ohio State. Um, do I think Virginia wins? Absolutely, but um, that's a lot. That's a lot of goals. Ohio State's a good program, and uh, so I'll take I'll take the boys out in Ohio. Yeah, I'm taking Virginia to slam Ohio State. Um, I hate Ohio State. I think they're one of the most overrated teams. To be honest, can't get a read on them ever. Uh, it's fair. Virginia by legitimately a jillion. They, <laughs> they could not be more better. They they couldn't be. I, I, honestly, this might be one of my favorite picks of the weekend. I love it. That's uh, couldn't be more opposite of each other. There, that's great. Notre Dame, last game we'll go over Georgetown at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's minus seven and a half as well. Over under is twenty six and a half. Who you got in this one? I'll take the under, and I'll also take Notre Dame. Um, that's a what do you? Let's you're taking Notre Dame to win by a shit ton, but keep it under. What's the I think, I think, what does a Nest score look like right now? I need to know that. I think I think it's fifteen to six. Okay, yeah, that would keep it under. Uh, I think I think that over under was pretty. You you said it was twenty six and a half. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty high. I think that's a lot of room for Notre Dame to run up the score, and that Notre Dame defense is crazy. Um, they got another Chatham boy down there, Chris Conlon. He was he was a starter for the Natty team last year, and when you got Liam and Net, like you say, he's the best goal in the country. Um, so some would say the world. Nah, that's that's impossible. Because there's a guy I know whose name rhymes with Ball and Durst. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. who has never won a national championship. Oh, geez. Yeah. oh my god! I have Notre Dame smacking the shit out of Georgetown here too. Notre Dame's just a different beast, different beast. They, they yeah. and like again, like I picked them to win it last year, and I'm picking Virginia this year. Kind of just like a, a feel play, but. Notre Dame ran it back. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm a Notre, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I think that, that they're that's dangerous. A, they're dangerous. They're feisty. They're fuck that defense, that offense. I'm excited for dogs them. all over the field. What'd you say? Dogs all over the field for them. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play a, a higher caliber team. You know, seeing them play Cleveland State just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cleveland State. I think they scored an own goal 
Um, yeah. That's just – that's tough. Any Cleveland State listeners out there, no disrespect. But, I mean, that's that's hard to do in lacrosse. It's, it's very hard to do at that level. Um, so, it'll be cool. I'll be see the, the – you said the the guy who played football. I, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm Jordan bad, on bad with names, um, but I want to see him play a, a step up to caliber talent. See how he can do because he'll run right by them. Across, so. He'll run right by them. Um, <laughs> that's all we got. Trying to keep this under an hour. Um, Ness, you got any closing comments? Uh, if we got time, just quick time, just quick curse, just quick curse of the quick curse right. of the week. All right, quick curse of the week. We'll be quick. Um, First honorable mention goes to first team ever to win a curse of the week honorable mention. Cabrini men's lacrosse, 1-0. No surprises there. Beat the living fuck out of Haverford. Um, Haverford's never beaten us. They'll never get another chance. That sucks. I know it hurt. I know you heard me. It is what it is. Um, second honorable mention, Matt Nessler. First ever self-proclaimed <laughs> honorable mention. I'm happy to accept the award. It feels good to get my name in the book with some greats. Why am I the honorable mention? Just simply being able to travel and uh, watch lacrosse and drink beers with a smile on my face. But the most important thing was I didn't throw up once. And anyone who knows me knows when I drink, I'm going to get sick. Whether I have five beers or 50 beers, at some point that weekend, I'm going to get sick. No throw up from Ness. That's honorable mention play. And for this week's winner, the first time he's won it in 2024, Colin Curse, the Cannons goalie. He's officially a champion. Duke's trying to slander his name, saying he doesn't have any national championships. Well, guess what? He's got a PLL championship. Yeah, he does. He's the star of the show. I loved it. I love Colin, and uh, it was fun to watch. He's got a good team in front of him. So, Colin, uh, I'll be getting you a shirt. Um, just a quick little tidbit for everyone. We got Curse of the Week shirts for the viewers out there. They're coming. If you're a winner, send me your address. I'll send it to you. I'll be giving some away on the side. Um, Royal Blue for Cabrini, baby. So, fuck Lynchburg on Saturday. We're coming hot. Make sure you're following us everywhere. Uh, the crease dive, stool crease dive. Either one should work wherever you're trying to look. Subscribe, please. Press subscribe. It takes two seconds. It's free. Like the stream. Uh, we're live on Rumble, number one pod- lacrosse podcast on Rumble. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on all socials. Um, Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Peace out. See you guys next week. Always fun.